Punch drunk. The punches weren't really necessary. Maybe they were super necessary. to episode 25 of the Punch Drunk Podcast, your favorite combat sports podcast hosted by two dudes who cannot fight and know way less about fighting than they think they do. I am your host, Lewis, and I am joined always by my co-host, Adam. What's good, man? Mate, good to see your face, your beautiful face once again. Highlight of my week every week. Um, I'm doing pretty good, I actually. Get the, I get the biggest self-esteem boost when we start the podcast. You always tell me that. Good to see my face. It's like, yeah, at least someone <laughs> in this world thinks I'm nice to look at. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta um, let people know exactly how you feel about them all the time, mate. Because sometimes you don't know. It might be that one day they need it, you know. And you are the savior of the entire day. So yeah, just I was, little... yeah. I was just gonna go pop my head in the oven after this, actually. So. Uh, you, you've, you've really done me a, a kindness. <laughs> well, in about an hour's time, you'll want to do that again. So. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fuck, I just spent an hour talking with Adam. Is it really worth carrying on? Yeah, I just um, butter people up. So when I insult them 15 times after it, I'll be like, hey, I, I said you looked good earlier. <laughs> um, Isn't that the definition of like an emotionally abusive relationship? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a fucking sociopath, really, when it comes down to it. But, um, no, nah, I'm just joking. I'm too stupid to be a sociopath. Um, no, nah, I'm doing really good. There was no fights this weekend, which was a bit of a bummer, but I just, you know, spent my time just reading all my favourite MMA websites and just tweeting and um, just staying immersed in the MMA community, and I'm sure you did the same because we just live for it. Yeah, I mean, let's let's. I'm gonna correct you because there were fights this weekend. Just no UFC fights. There was some Bellator action. Khabib, no, Khabib's uh, fight promotion Eagle FC had its first event in the US as well, um, which was free to stream. It seemed to be doing pretty good numbers just by the engagement I was seeing uh, on Twitter. A lot yeah, of people I talking about it. Rashad Evans got a win, amazingly after. A ridiculous losing streak to end his UFC career. So that was cool to see. I was concerned that he was just coming back, potentially looking for a payday and was going to get hurt. So that was great to see. And then in, in Bellator, we had, uh, we had Ryan Bader uh, fighting for the, for the heavyweight championship and also Benson Henderson getting a, getting a, a W first one in a, in, in, in a while, I believe. And he was a huge underdog in his matchup. So he, you know, that was, that was cool to see. Yeah, I, I did forget about that. I saw highlights on Twitter, but it was so weird because um, I'm always on YouTube, especially during a work day, don't tell my boss. Um, just got something playing in the background normally, and I watched like all of the um, Eagle FC like pre-fight stuff and post-fight stuff, but like a couple of days after. It seemed like a pretty decent product, as considering it's free yeah. as well. It was really good. And, and Absolutely. At the end of the day, it's the star power that sort of make like gets eyeballs rather than how good the quality of the product is. And when you've got Khabib there, you've got Triple C there. I think on the panel I was looking at, there was 
there was two other ex-USC stars. Chaos, Chaos, on it. Yeah, and someone else maybe. I'm not sure. There but, was some, but like, yeah. as if as if as a fight fan, you're not going to sit there and watch that 20 minute, you know, video of who gives a shit what they're talking about. If they're talking fighting, I'm in. So yeah, absolutely. There's something there. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's clear they've invested a lot of money in this to bring up the production value. You know, Henry Cejudo and Chael Sonnen aren't going to come cheap for for doing those kind of appearances. They're obviously backed by a bottomless fucking pit of Russian oil money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the question will be, and I suppose these are the questions that a lot of MMA organizations face over time, is they can find investors to put up money, but eventually everyone's going to want to see a return on their money. Will their model be able to turn this level of investment into profitability and sustainability, especially when it, they're trying to do all of the things that the Senior Duke Khabib's talking about, treating the fighters right, wanting to pay and compensate them well? Okay, so how are we going to plan to do that if everything's free to air, a live streaming app? So I understand that getting off the ground and getting the initial numbers in and building a strong base of, of fans in the initial period is important. I'm very curious, considering all the chat about fighter pay at the moment, how they're going to be able to leverage this uh, investment, leverage the new fans and turn it into something that's going to be a sustainable product moving forward and something that can really, let's not talk about challenging the UFC, but supplement the UFC and also potentially be a, a breeding ground or a, a proving ground for different rule changes you they one of the things that they're doing in eagle fc is having the uh the 165 pounds division 175 185 i think it is i think they, they, they've added a couple of additional weight classes to shorten those those bigger jumps and uh, and certainly that's was one of the reasons why kevin lee has gone over and signed there so he can fight at 165 pounds so Dana White categorically said no in an interview with uh, TSN's Aaron Bronstetter that there will be a 165-pound division this year in the UFC. Maybe after we have 12 months of seeing how Eagle FC gets it done, maybe the UFC considers adopting uh, a new weight class. Yeah, I think no matter what happens with Eagle FC, like, you know, I doubt Khabib's out there saying, I want to take over the UFC next year or whatever. Like, obviously, that's not a realistic goal. It's not going to happen, but... Any sort of competition for the UFC, especially if it's backed by stars, former stars, and money, yes. is going to either make the UFC a better product or at least maybe get the fighters a bit more money. Or maybe we have got a fucking new UFC. Maybe we're going to have two leagues that are both worth watching, you know, which personally I'd kind of hate because I want to see the best fighters fight the best fighters. But I don't know. Like it, the UFC is at this weird spot at the moment where you – you kind of want them to get a kick up the ass. Yeah, ab absolutely, absolutely. And another legitimate marketplace where fighters can go and raise their value in free agency is is something that's, I think, a plus for the fighters. Uh, we've just seen Jeremy Stevens being released by the UFC. He's gone to the PFL. Kevin Lee was released. He's gone to Eagle FC. Uh, Ray Borg was released. He's gone to Eagle FC. Bellator is still very much a viable option for, for fighters as well. So just adding another pl uh, player into the mix, we have one FC now, which is doing outrageous numbers in, in, um, in Asia. So really, I think you have one FC, you have Bellator, you have the PFL, you have the, um, Eagle FC, those four organizations sitting underneath the UFC. Obviously, the UFC is a dominant product. And then you have all of these more regional organizations still putting out high quality uh, fighters and competitions, you know, like your Cage Warriors, like your, um, I think it's called Eternal in Australia, where um, 
uh, quite quite a few Aussie fighters uh, come out of. Uh, all, all, all of those regional ones then sit underneath them. So there's there's there's, there's a nice sort of pyramid that's starting to, to emerge pyramid. in the in, in, in punch strong pyramid exactly <laughs> in the in the MMA landscape. And that's going to be a good thing for mixed martial arts fighters trying to uh, you know trying to get the best compensation possible and, and and have the best leverage when they're when they're negotiating so that's that's uh, that's really cool to see let's talk about on the, other- the real issue uh Go on. a former ufc champion olympic gold medalist uh two-time ufc champion uh is on the lookout for you He's actually on the lookout for us, probably because um, we're. I mean, let's be warriors. honest. <laughs> He's on the lookout for a lot of things because from five foot tall, you're not seeing him very much. But yeah, Henry Cejudo. I'm sure all the fans saw it on our Twitter, but um, Lewis just with his quick wittedness and happened to spot this photo of Henry Cejudo wearing some fairly thick platform sort of shoes to just make himself look at that little bit taller. A little um, bit. Man, man had like two inch lifts on his shoes. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to lie. I don't mind those shoes, but, you know, I live in the inner west of Sydney. I'm a bit of a wanker. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they were, they were quite thick with about three Cs, triple C. <laughs> 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 but, um, but, anyway, Lewis tweeted it out with a little caption and it went bonkers on the uh, Twitter sphere and the MMA Twitter, just a full of quality people. Everyone's really nice on there. No one just talks shit about anyone, <laughs> which is good. Um, it's just all love and support, which is amazing. Um, and, yeah, it went fucking viral. And uh, not going to lie, got our name out there a fair bit. So thank you, Triple C, for wearing some lifts. Yeah, thank you, Cameron. <laughs> and also, if you are happening to be tuning into the podcast for the first time because you're one of our new followers off the back of, of that tweet, first of all, welcome and thank you for joining us. Um, <laughs> this is this is pretty much par for the course is what you can expect, the sort of high-quality analysis and, and back and forth banter that we bring to you on a, on a pretty much weekly basis. So welcome, welcome to the, uh, to the punch, punch drunk listenership. Apart from the uh, high quality analysis, he pretty much nailed it there. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Drip, dripping in sarcasm. There was one thing I wanted to, just wanted to circle back to when we were talking about the UFC, you know, having this stranglehold and all of the top talent and, you know, it's not necessarily the best for the fighters to be able to get out and increase their worth and test the market. It is fucking amazing for the fans though, because every week, pretty much we see the best of the best of the best fight one another. And there's a little tie in. You're going to, you're going to like this. This is, this is real professional podcasting (laughs) right now because we've just seen announced that Charles Oliveira is going to face Justin Gaethje. Charles Oliveira has run a fucking murderer's row to get where he is right now. He's gone Tony Ferguson, then he went Michael Chandler for the vacant belt, then he went Dustin Poirier in his first title defense, and now he's going Justin Gaethje. Like, what more do you want this man to do to prove that he is the baddest 155er on the planet? On the other hand, let's go and take a little look at boxing, and, you know, everyone's clamoring for Ngannou to make the same kind of money as Tyson Fury, and that's a whole other podcast in itself. But let's just look at the mess the heavyweight division finds itself in now, because really Tyson Fury should be fighting either Anthony Joshua or he should fight, fight be fighting Alexander Usyk. This fight with Dillian White doesn't make any sense apart from the fact he's the mandatory. And to get this fight done, Frank Warren's promotion has bid the highest boxing purse bid of all time over 40 million dollars he's bid for the rights to promote and host uh, you know put on this show 
outrageous money that Tyson Fury is going to take 80% of and Dylan White's going to take 20% off. And apparently a small portion has been agreed to be put aside for the winner as well. There's a little incentive there for Dillian White. We know he's not going to win. But that's the state of boxing. And this is the one thing that the UFC has constantly done over the years, which is why they've gathered such a ferocious fan base and why we love the sport so much and quite frankly are willing to overlook despite the constant public stories from former fighters and sometimes active fighters about their lack of compensation relative to the revenue that they generate the ufc matches up the best fighters on the planet week in week out they these fights almost never get away from us you can probably count on one hand the legendary fights that you wanted to see that unfortunately never got made happen and most of those are sort of, you know, they're cross weight divisions. You think of GSP against Anderson Silva, that sort of super fight comes to mind. But there aren't too many great matchups that you really want to see happen that the UFC doesn't deliver at some point. I'm literally just trying to think off the top of my head now that you said that. I cannot. Like. Think of a fight that we didn't end up seeing. There are other some than like grabbing someone from one era and another era. Other right, that, right. I mean, they want. We would have loved to have seen Fedor test his skills in the UFC heavyweight division. That's that. You know. Yeah. But that's that's more of that was contractual issues with Fedor. Never going to be going to sign with the with the UFC. There aren't there aren't too many where you go. Ah, this is a great champion, but he never tested. He was never able to test himself against that fighter because because it just it never lined up. You know, the, the one of the greatest or the biggest boxing fights of all time that everyone wanted to see was Mayweather versus Pacquiao. And we, you know, Mayweather's the best ever, one of the greatest fighters of all time. But we were robbed of that fight happening in both of their primes, whereas Mayweather's style and the way he fights, he was still in his prime. Pacquiao was well at the back end of of you know, his, his prime, although his career continued for, 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 for many years after that. It happens all the time in boxing. The fights that you want to see, they just never materialize for one way or the other. As a fan of the UFC, it is great that we get these amazing fights. We get to see the cream of the division fight one another over and, you know, over and over again. These great matchups that we see getting made over and over again, like Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje, which... As a fan of the sport, I'm very glad Oliveira is not sitting out and waiting for Conor McGregor. And it makes me believe that the UFC is sweetening the pot for him to a significant degree. Because if he wanted to as the champion, he could have really used his leverage and said, I'm waiting till July. I'm fighting Conor McGregor. And everyone would have been mad, but my man would have gotten paid and deservedly so. Mm. So I, and hope, I hope Charles based is off form, probably an, an easier win than fucking fighting Gaethje, you know? Right, exactly, exactly. Like, he's not even, Connor's not even ranked anymore. Justin Gaethje's ranked number one. Well, yeah. So, you got to respect Crazy. Got to, re- Charles Oliveira just fighting everyone. You just, you got to love it. Yeah. And, um, he is going to be a monster star if he beats Gaethje. Because everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people are still thinking Gaethje's the man. You know, they think Gaethje's the man. Yeah. And if he fucking convincingly beats Gaethje, that is just a, a huge notch on the belt and there's not many more questions you can ask. And then... You know what, though? I think Charles Oliveira for some is going to be the guy who goes through his career and is perennially overlooked and uh, underrated because... 
it's like if he gets through Gechi, he's gonna be like exactly exactly no he's gonna get through this fight if he beats just engage you're like wow okay what what a start to his lightweight reign you're already talking about one of the best 55ers of all time based off of that resume but you know what's going to happen next if his arm makachev runs through benil darius they're going to be like ah well you know charles has just been keeping the belt warm for makachev the the uh you know the heir to khabib's title that is exactly what's going to happen and he's going to have to prove himself again and you know based off of what i've seen from makachev Charles, Charles should win that fight, but there'll be so much hype about the Dagestani, uh, you know, freight train coming through, Khabib 2.0, his protege, Coach Khabib in the corner, all of this kind of, you know, build up to the fight. I would, I bet now that if that fight gets made, assuming Oliveira gets through Justin Gaethje, that Islam Makachev will be a bookie's favorite by the time they get inside the octagon, which is just wrong. Yeah, I forgot about Makachev for a second. <laughs> Holy shit, I can't wait. I love the UFC. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I can't. There's no. Then, I mean, if he's if he's this is what's going to happen. If he's maybe he fights Conor McGregor, but if he he does that, then there's going to be um, you know there's going to be Fiziev, and then there's going to be Gamrot, and they just keep fucking coming at 155. It's crazy. And then you go, oh shit. Maybe Volk, you know, maybe Volk goes up to, 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 to challenge for two weight classes. Or maybe Max Holloway makes a full-time jump if he loses again to Volkanovski and goes up to 55 permanently and puts on some weight. Mm. It, it, it's just constantly at a, just at an unbelievable, an unbelievable threat at 155. And Oliveira doing what he's doing right now at the top is just masterful. Yeah, I cannot wait for that fight. Uh you get spoiled as is for any Gaethje fight. He can be fighting anyone, no matter who it is. It'll be a fucking showtime. Let's go. I'd watch Justin Gaethje fight my mum. <laughs> like, honestly, he's he just makes just anything entertaining. the fuck out of it. <laughs> He's just like, yeah. <laughs> 50K, baby. <laughs> Slammer on her head. Oh, imagine your mum just I'm beat kidding. the look- fuck out of him. <laughs> She's tough as nails, man. But my, you know, wouldn't be surprised. Oh, I'm that big head! <laughs> if I had to get rid of that big head too, out of my uh, <laughs> insides, <laughs> I'd want to. Be I don't know. I don't know if you know. Bio- I don't know if you know how biology works, but I wasn't born with a head this big. It's only grown. It's only inflated over time. Especially oh, when mate, you're I allowed for inflation. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> Oh you get, shit! You have to stop. You have to stop inflating my head at the start of every podcast. <laughs> oh fuck! That's what it is. No, don't worry. I've got literally one of the biggest heads on planet Earth. Hats struggle to fit this thing. So, um, got to have a laugh though. Got to have a laugh. What are we talking about next? Um, well, we got to. We're back after a week without UFC fights. We've got a fight night coming up, headlined by Jack Manson against Sean, the serial killer freak. Strickland, uh, six versus seven. This is a huge fight in the in the middleweight division because I think the winner of this fight is then looking at a fight for the number one contender spot. We obviously know what's going down with Izzy and Whitaker, their rematch. I believe it's on the same card. We've got Derek Brunson and Jared Cannonier. They're going to fight for the number one status. And then you sort of look at the rest of the division there. You've got Marvin Vittori. Him and Sean Strickland are like boys now. <laughs> um, uh 
I still think they get in the cage and throw down. I don't know. I don't believe they fought at this point. I know Marvin Vittori has a win over Jack Hermanson, I believe, but I don't think Sean Strickland's fought Marvin Vittori. You can totally see Strickland being like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. I'll fight my friend. He, yeah, Sean Strickland would fight your mom. Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, he'd fight my mom. He'd fight anyone's mother. He'd fight his own mother. Yeah. He'd fight, he'd, you know. He'd he'd fight it fight an infant if it meant pain. He's he's an he's an he's an absolute he's an absolute fucking lunatic and he leans into this into this mentally unstable character role exceedingly well. So oh, for the I'm first time listeners, welcome. 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 <laughs> oh, this is great. Oh fuck, I feel good today. This is a good pod. Uh, I think it's because I complimented you at the start. It is. Just, we've got, we've got to get that in. Make sure that happens yeah. every single I'll episode. Next week. <laughs> in all seriousness, though, let's look. Let's look at the division because Marvin Vittori isn't getting another crack at Israel Adesanya anytime soon. It's going to take, even though he had a great performance against Brunson, two less than you know stellar performances against the champ, isn't going to get it done. Now, if the title changes hands and Bobby Bobby Knuckles gets his title in the rematch. Oh. That's not going to happen anyway because they're going to run it back as an immediate trilogy because of Adesanya's dominance and they'd be they'd be one one and money so and and money don't forget money uh, so Derek Brunson Jericho and Ear they're going to sort of compete for the one spot there Paolo Costa's so far out of the equation it's unimaginable after getting shagged to death by Adesanya getting beaten up by Marvin Vittori missing weight so brutally being told to go up to light heavyweight all all of this stuff is he's just on the outside looking in. So Jack Manson and Sean Strickland are well in the picture. And from there, there's a massive cutoff to the rest of the division. Darren Till can't buy a win at the moment, although I hope he's able to turn it around. And Uriah Hall is way, you know, well on the outside. Mm. Kelvin Gastelum's talked about going back down to welterweight, which Kelvin Gastelum's closer to heavyweight than welterweight at the moment, I think. So really, there's a, from number seven down onwards, we've got a clear teardrop in the middleweight division. One of these boys is going to get a great opportunity and is potentially one win away from a title shot. So I'm, I'm really, the more I talk about this fight, the more excited I am getting for it because of the implications uh, for, for the winner. So I'll kick it to you. Who are you picking in this fight? Or if you don't have a pick, who would you want to win in this fight? I think I want Strickland to win because it's just fucking chaos and emotion and all that stuff from fans, from... Um, other fighters from all that I feel like he just brings I don't even know if I like him that much but he just brings something to the table and if he gets to the top levels to the Colby Covingtons to the Kamara Usmans that gets amplified a whole lot more and uh, uh, that would be interesting to see do I think he could beat any of those guys nope probably not <laughs> but yeah I I, I tend to I tend to agree with that I think this is actually a real tough fight for Sean Strickland I don't necessarily think his style Gels too I just realised well I'm talking the wrong weight class. I meant what's he and who he. Uh, I just said Usman and um, Cummington. Yeah, yeah, I, I, know, meant, I, I know. I meant know. Adesanya yeah, and fucking yeah. Whitaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, sorry, I uh, in my head I said the right words. Uh, and if any of the listeners would like to apply for the position of co-host, because Adam is now off the pod. <laughs> uh, Send us an email at punchdrunkpod. Punch I'm just um, dyslexic. I get. I just see the word weight, and then I throw my whatever I want in front of it. <laughs> you know what's hilarious for me? Because for for whatever reason, I guess it's because it's the closest country. When I go to the UFC website now, after a few seconds, it turns everything into German. So that's real fun trying to look at the uh, the, the weight class names in, in, in German. <laughs> 
Facebook oh, does shit. it as well, I guess. Yeah. Well, all mine's in um, English and I still can't read it. So. And you're still, and you're still <laughs> struggling. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, I think I'm. I, everyone, you know, is really picking Sean Strickland for this one. I, I think he's the favorite. I need to check those numbers. But Jack Manson's dangerous. He's a very, very good wrestler, very good grappler. And I'd, and Sean Strickland has a very walk you down doesn't throw super huge heavy shots he is a bit of a nick diaz in that sense where he his shots are cumulative he throws uh doesn't throw his shoulders into a lot of shots they they look like arm shots but they do quite a lot of damage he is quite heavy-handed he puts that forward pressure on you he's got cardio for days i think it but i think him walking trying to walk down hermanson could be a problem for him because that, that sort of plays into Hermanson wanting to take him down and bringing that forward momentum to, to, to set up those takedowns for Hermanson. So th- I think this is going to be a really interesting matchup, and I don't think it's necessarily going to be the, the easy night out for Strickland that some people are thinking of. And, yeah, having said that, for the chaos for the division and for the fun of it all, it would be great to see the UFC having to promote Sean Strickland in a title fight and all of his tweets about like strangling people in the woods and cutting people's heads off and getting into just committing random acts of violence <laughs> to, to go viral would just be absolutely hilarious yeah and having to see dana white deal with questions about like can we get a mental health evaluation on sean strickland <laughs> and dana white being like we don't pay for that shit that's gonna come out of his own pocket <laughs> we give them a two dollar a month allowance for psychotherapy all right we cover them <laughs> His, his his mental health evaluation is a is three rounds of sparring with Francis Ngannou. <laughs> if he says if he says yes to it, he's clearly fucked in the head. Like it's a good litmus test. Anyone who volunteers to get inside a cage, yeah. it's not a heavyweight with Francis Ngannou, clearly fucked in the head. Oh, even if they are a heavyweight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they're not named Cyril Ngannou, yeah. Stepe Miocic. Yeah, you're a fucking idiot. Oh, those poor fucks. I feel sorry for them. Yeah. Deary me. Um, um, all right, what, what else is going to be on a ripper fight. It's, it's going to yeah. tune in, everyone. This is going to be fucking fun on the weekend. They're gonna, everyone's craving fights because they've had the week off and we're still fresh yes. off a good pay-per-view and everyone, a huge break in Christmas. For some, for some, yeah. for some UFC. You're fresh off of just listening to Punch Drunk. You are just hard as a cat's head ready for this weekend <laughs> you are you are standing full mast ready to go and i think this is going to be one of those fight nights that on paper looks pretty thin we're not expecting a whole lot i think this is going to be a fucking sick fight night and there's a few other fights on the card that i just wanted to draw some attention to mm-hmm. the first one is the undefeated kazakh shavkat shavkat rachmanov which is a just a great name Dude is a murderer everywhere. Can wrestle, hammer your face in, is a striker. Bet your house. I know we're not doing a punch drunk parlay for the fight night, but bet your house on Shav, Shavkat to get this win. I don't. I can't even remember the name of the guy he's fighting. Don't matter. Carlson Shavkat Harris. is going to win this fight. Thank you. That's it. I knew it was somebody Harris, but I didn't want to get the wrong one. That's right. Um, yeah, Shavkat. I think he's going to win and win convincingly. He's just got that. That feel, that that Kamzat Chumaya, that aura of inevitability that he is just a cut above everyone that the UFC will feed him to until he gets into the top ten, and then he start might start to find his level. But right now, he's better than everyone that he's getting matched up with, and he knows it. And I'm very very excited to see what he can deliver so he, he, on, on this card. We're not doing a parlay, but you know, I'm I'm. Uh... 
I'm a sucker for some nice little juicy odds, mate. You know this. I'm just going to have a little quick look uh, on the app right now to see if we can get some odds for this man because yes, you sound very, very confident. So I'm, I'm assuming they're going to be short, but just how short will they be? That is the question. All right. Don't do me dirty here, sports bet. I we mean, also I have mean, the same birthday as well. <laughs> October October twenty third. Me and me and Shavcat, we're uh, we're birthday bros. So, got got, got to uh, got to be going for him hard here. Dollar forty. Dollar forty. Man's never had a decision. He's either tap taps everyone or knocks their fucking head off. So you reckon he's got two two submission wins in the UFC? I reckon throw the house on this boy. I really do. Right, Twenty seven well, years old. Not even touching his prime yet. Fourteen and zero. Never gone the distance. I'm. Yeah, if I'm, you're uh, a uh, really excited, if you're a smart better punter, unlike us, just pick the short odds, pick him. That's it. Lay it out. Put all your fucking budget on that, and don't worry about your multi bet. Don't worry about anything else, and just load up. Got the lock, the Lewis lock. That's, that's it. Load up with on the Lewis lock. And when and when he comes in, and when you're you when you're swimming in that in that green dollar dollar Ooh, after he's won. Then take 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 a little uh, look at the odds of Jack Hermanson to win by submission against Sean Strickland. Yeah, because yeah, just I'm not saying like roll it all into that, but like if you have a good win from Shavka, oh, they have, take, they've only got the straight head to heads today. They'll right, yeah, so wait a few days for those. Odds. What 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 are the odds? What are the numbers there on Hermanson versus Strickland? Is Strickland uh, the fave? Yeah, dollar forty four Strickland Hermanson two sixty six. See, this is where we lose our money. <laughs> this is where we lose our money. We but talk ourselves into this keep shit. Them, keep, keep them nice individual individual bets, but bet your mother on Shavcat and they take some of those profits that come through and and sprinkle that on Hermanson as the as the dog because there's some pretty pretty wide numbers there for, for Hermanson. A lot of money going on Strickland. He's a much bigger profile, right? He yeah, is just, yeah, for sure. And I, and I think a lot of the public likes his personality. They're mm-hmm. buying into this. Oh, he's an absolute murderer. He's going to carry a knife into the octagon. The reality is Jack Manson is a bad, bad man. Great wrestler. Very good grappler. Very technically sound. Mm-hmm. And I think I think his style could be a bad matchup for Sean Strickland, who can, can leave himself exposed a bit with his defense. He has a very high style as well, which I think could be problematic for... Def- he is, and I, you know, he's got a very good takedown record, but he hasn't faced the wrestler with the, cali- the caliber of Jack Manson yet. So, yeah, yeah. Very, very curious to see That's how That's pretty wild out. that he... Like, Strickland's basically paying the same as uh, Shavkat. Like, that's pretty yeah. fucking stupid, really, um, when you it compare is. it that way. Like, Hermanson's the, the bet. He's the bet, really. Like, if you're going to bet on yeah. that fire. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think so. I think so. Uh, unless, you know, unless you maybe think that Strickland, if, if you think that Strickland doesn't get taken down and can just wear on Hermanson and you go for like a, you know, a TKO stoppage after round three, that's probably some decent money for Strickland if you think that's the way the fight is going to go. But otherwise, yeah, let's, uh, let's look at Hermanson here. I know we're sort of turning into a betting episode all of a sudden, but I couldn't help it because I had to say, let's, let's, yeah. Bet the house on Shavkat. I'm excited to see what he can do. And he's just another one of these fighters coming out of the Urals who's just a fucking murderer. Just raised in a different landscape. Is just a different level of toughness. Has got all, all the skills and the tools that you want to see. And he's just 27 years old, 14 and 0, ready to conquer the world. Another matchup on this card, which should be quite interesting, is the tough champion, Brian Battle, against Treshawn Gore, who I believe was supposed to be 
was he supposed to be in the tough finale, but he got injured and had to pull out? Or some, some, anyway, Gore suffered an injury and was supposed to supposed to fight, but he, um, but he, uh, he, he, he didn't. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing this and seeing how Brian Battle has evolved as well um, after after becoming the ultimate uh, uh, the ultimate fighter winner. So that should be interesting. And then one one last fight that I'm looking forward to is a. Uh, uh, Chidi and Joe Kawani making his debut. He got a contract off Dana White Contender Series. He's 33 years old, so he's not necessarily sort of profile you expect to see through Dana White Contender Series. He's a Bellator veteran. He's athletic. He's got very good reach, and he's got a, a matchup against Mark Andre Barrio. And I, you know, I expect him to get that win as well on the prelims. So uh, I doubt the numbers are out for that matchup yet. But if you're if you're looking looking to, to sprinkle a bit of uh, prelim action, certainly, and Joe Kawani is probably. Is probably a, a nice a nice bet there to win. I'm nearly certain we're going to get we're going to come rolling in Monday whenever it is that we record, and we're going to be talking about some fucking epic fights, aren't we? I can just feel yeah. it. I I, th- I think so. Yeah, just this, you know, few, a week off to and one of these cards that's not getting all the buzz and the hype that it should. I reckon there's going to be one. It's just going to be an absolute war. Oh, you got me going. <laughs> Um, All right. Um, Now, we primarily talk about UFC on this podcast, but we do sprinkle a little boxing talk from time to time when it mandates it. And the largest purse bid in history certainly mandates us talking about boxing. You heard that correctly. The largest purse bid in history, over $40 million. Tyson Fury. Feel everyone in. Um, so this has been a bit of a bit of a mess in the heavyweight division right now. My understanding, and I don't follow boxing as closely as a lot of other people. So if anyone's listening and I'm wrong, please feel free to keep the keep your thoughts to yourself. No, no, correct, correct me if I'm wrong. But but Dillian White is the mandatory challenger for the WBO belt, which is one of the I think it's WBO, one of the belts that Tyson Fury holds. He's the mandatory challenger. Um, but they were going fi- to try and find a way to to skip that fight if. Tyson Fury could get a match together with Alexander Usyk, the former cruiserweight champion who just beat Anthony Joshua, took his belts off him and have a unification fight for the heavyweight championship for all the belts, all the marbles, get him in the ring. Let's see what happens. The problem is Anthony Joshua had in his contract as all fucking Eddie Hearn fighters do which just ties up boxing to no end. It was a mandatory rematch clause in his contract should he lose to Alexander Usyk. He lost. The rematch needs to happen. Now, there was negotiations going on that uh, the team of Tyson Fury was going to pay Anthony Joshua to waive his right to exercise the rematch clause. They were talking about £15 million to do fuck all and just step away, potentially even more money because one of the sites they were talking about having Tyson Fury versus Usyk is the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, who is willing to put up 155 million US dollars to bring the fight to Saudi Arabia because they've got obviously the bottomless pit of money in the Saudi public investment fund, which is also the fund that owns Newcastle United Football Club now and a bunch of other stuff around the world. They're trying to sports wash the fact that they, you know, don't yeah. let women drive and they stone people to death in a courtyard for stealing. Yeah. So yeah. nothing be- nothing better than, than sport to be able to trick the world into thinking you're a, a great, a great progressive yeah. country. Um, so that's what's going on in the heavyweight division. That's what we so, do with this part. So, <laughs> yeah. Anthony, Anthony Joshua refused to accept that money. He's going to rematch with Alexander Usyk. Tyson Fury is now going to fight Dillian White. 
Frank Warren's uh, promotion promoters company bid 40 something million dollars for the purse. Eddie Hearn's um, company bid 32 million or something like that. So Frank Warren overshot the mark by a long, long way of nine, 10 million. Uh, so re- really interested to see how it shakes out. And there was an arbitration um, in court, a sort of, some court case was decided that the split of the purse would be 80% in favor of Tyson Fury to just 20% to Dillian White. And I'm not entirely sure why that was the case because typically mandatories get 30% of the purse, but there was some reason why. Uh, I think maybe it's because to do with Tyson Fury's profile or whatever. So they're going to make a truckload of cash for this fight, an absolute truckload. They reckon Tyson Fury is going to walk away with at least $35 million when it's all said and done. And I think he's going to absolutely paste Give a pasting to Dillian White. Yeah, I uh, don't really know much about Dillian White, but uh, I, I agree. <laughs> he's going to get <laughs> fucked up. I mean, he, he's he's a good he's a good heavyweight. He's yeah. just not at the elite level. Yeah. He's well, well known he's in not England. Tyson Fury. He's very popular. He's not Tyson Fury. Tyson he's Fury. not Anthony Joshua. I don't want to. Let's not have this argument. But he is in the discussion of the greatest boxers, heavyweights, and boxers ever. And I haven't heard of yeah. Dillian White, so I don't think he's quite in that conversation just yet. He's not. He's very big in the UK. If he wants to be, he needs to change his name because that's, that's a shit name. He's <laughs> <laughs> an interesting story. Dude. He used to be a kickboxing champion, then they headed to boxing as well. He, he, he can handle himself, but I think he's going to get he's going to get handled by Fury in this one. Yeah, it's um, an unfortunate yeah, that's... situation. That guy is just the goat ATM. <laughs> exactly. Um, what other acronyms? All right, can what, 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 <laughs> RN. What, what, else, what else have we got to, uh, to, to talk about here? Um, Any Jake Paul news? Rap. Your favourite man? Oh, fuck me. So, <laughs> okay. apparently, I don't. <sighs> Khabib at Eagle FC said that they'd offered a contract to Jake Paul to fight in MMA, but then Jake Paul's team has come out and said, we have no such offer. So, someone's lying. I don't know who it is. But is Khabib clout chasing Jake Paul to build the profile of Eagle FC? Like, what? Well, wouldn't be the dumbest thing. Just for pure pure thing. brand awareness, like the the there'd be I'll I'll go as far as say there'd be millions of people that follow Jake Paul just on like social media that have not watched a fight in their life. They don't care for it, they don't give a fuck. Except they don't Jake, know who Khabib is. Yeah. Yeah. And then 100%. if he starts pumping it, there you go. There's fucking three million eyeballs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so that that's interesting. Jake Paul's seen a lot of shit. We now know he's bought the shares with his business partner. He was on partner like Stephen in, A's world. The other day. He's like in oh, there. So he's in the sports media realm. Now. Yeah, <laughs> he was just on the MMA hour with Ariel Hawani, and you know what? Screw you, Ariel, for giving a platform to this fucking dickhead who's now saying he's going to start a boxers, a boxers and MMA fighters union. Like, are you on crack? This guy thinks he's going to be, be some big, big Billy Bollock shareholder of Endeavor and change the working conditions for the UFC, and Jake Paul's going to be the catalyst for change. Nah, mate. But what he does have is every man and their dog who is looking for a payday trying to, trying to talk their way into a fight with him, including Jeremy Stevens, who was on the MMA Hour as well, saying, I think fans would like a matchup between me and Jake Paul. Nah, they wouldn't. First of all, you're a lightweight. He's way bigger. We've already just, he was way bigger than Tyson Fury, who was welterweight champion. Tyson, did I say Tyson? Tyron Woodley. Yeah, yeah. I'm stuck on Tyson Fury. Stuck no, on, Ty, on, on Tyron, Tyron Woodley. Yeah. Cheers, mate. We, were, we, we both got a, a, a monumental yep. name fuck up in this episode. We, now, uh, so we can both keep, uh, up, keep our jobs sync. for now. <laughs> <laughs> <We're> in, 
the, the flow and the, the moon cycle, cycle and the yeah. tides and the, yeah. the the cycle were all synced up together. <laughs> um, yeah, Jeremy Stevens saying that he wants to fight Jake Paul. He's just signed with the PFL, like I mentioned earlier, at the top of the show after being released by the UFC. And it's like, Jeremy Stevens, like, I love you, bro. You've been an awesome fighter in the UFC. You've put on some awesome fights. But nobody knows who you are outside of, like, hardcore MMA fans. Yeah. Nobody is paying money to see you fight Jake Paul at this point. Not a chance. Not a chance. Yeah. So the thing uh, with Jake Paul is, uh, it, it's like, and, and I know he selects his fights perfectly, which is also fairly smart too. But as long as he's winning, he's just going to be around. You know, like as long yeah. as he keeps until he gets slept, it, he's not like he's just going to be everywhere because you know that's all the media. Like a lot of the media is eyeballs, and he brings millions now. So like. Yeah. yeah, I just can't stand though. Like the, the the class, a lot of the traditional and MMA media is just lapping it up, giving him his profile because he's pretending like he's gonna, mm. like he cares about fighter pay and compensation, and because that's like the hot button issue at the moment, and it's the right thing to do, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They're all giving a platform to Jake Paul, who, uh, what. Well, who, who who tried to get all fancy with his terms, and and, and instead of saying a coup d'état on the on the MMA hour, he, he, I think he called it a coup de tat. Is is uh no. is, is what he called it. He called it a coup a coup de tat or coup de tate or some something some bastard bastardized pronunciation of it. And I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure my pronunciation of coup de tat is not spot on. Maybe if we've got some French listeners somehow, oh, well. uh, or maybe some Quebecois. Uh, who uh, who can who can correct us on that? He needs to just watch but, some other sport like the the Grand Prix or something. <laughs> mate, don't I, I love a good Grand Prix. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, speaking of pricks, um, <clears throat> <laughs> Jake Paul. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? Um, I haven't got a whole not, lot not more, man. Else. I reckon no, we're, not, we're doing pretty well for time. More, man. Maybe. You tell I'm me. I'm just going to take a quick. I'm going to take a quick glance at the uh, the front page of MMA fighting to see if there's see if there's any anything else. Um, Is that punch drunk <laughs> oh, yeah. article still up there? I assume it's still on the front page. Yeah, yeah well, still yeah, there. we're always on the front page. Yeah, yeah, cool. Oh, that's that's it's one thing I want. To, I do do want to say Paul Daly, uh, who used to fight in the UFC for a couple of fights, but then was um, was unceremoniously booted from the UFC <laughs> after he punched Josh Koscheck after their fight inside the octagon. Koscheck just, it was for a title eliminator to, <laughs> to see who was going to get GSP next. And Koscheck laid and prayed on Paul Daly for three rounds, just blanketed him, didn't do anything. And Daly was so pissed off. He jumped up and, and like sucker punched <laughs> Koscheck afterwards was immediately cut from the UFC, but has gone on to have a really great career in MMA Fought some of the who's who, had a fight with, you know, good fight with Nick Diaz in Strike Force. Just been a long, dedicated uh, servant to the game in mixed martial arts. He's going to have one more fight in Bellator before hanging it up. Uh, so just wanted to give him a shout out because he's provided some real highlight, real stuff for, for fans over the years. So shout out to him. Um, and then, oh, apparently more from Jake Paul's ridiculous interview saying he would fight Khabib in MMA. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Uh, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna segue us now because uh, Lewis's head get me, is about get me, to explode. Get me off because I'm I'm about I'm about to have 
Uh, just a reminder, yeah, new listeners, old listeners, everyone, please give us five stars on uh, Apple and new and maybe more importantly do it on spotify too if you can they've got a new rating system it's exactly the same as apple pretty much like everything they just copy each other but makes it easier for us to do it go on there give us a five stars if you can if you don't think we're a five-star podcast don't give us a rating uh because you're wrong and uh <laughs> let's go on the socials yeah, look at out, punch drunk look out, joe we're coming for you <laughs> yeah that's give it. us those five stars on spotify so we can take down joe rogan yeah, he's in strife at the moment. I want to. Um, I want Neil Young to be boycotting this podcast within a month. So <laughs> let's go at Punch Drunk Pod on Instagram at Punch Drunk Pod underscore on Twitter Punch Drunk Pod at gmail.com if you want to send us a long winded email about how much you love us and how good looking Lewis is. Uh, Punch Drunk Pod on TikTok for a bit of a laugh. Um, what else we got? I know I'm missing something. Oh, the Punch Drunk Podcast on Facebook. I miss it every week. Other than that, I reckon I've nailed it. You nailed it. As always, man. It was great. Great to chat to you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Love you. And we will catch you next week.